0: Welcome to A Creative Life with Castella and Samantha Lawrence. I'm Cass. And I'm Sam. And we like to think of ourselves
1: as your creative business besties.
0: This podcast is all about living your best
1: creative life. We're here to guide you through the ups and downs of life as a creative entrepreneur.
0: All whilst following your intuition and listening to your soul whispers. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of A Creative Life where today we are busting the myth of the starving artist. Starving artist mentality, if you've heard of it before. Absolutely. What do you think, Cass? Do you want to start by explaining what that mentality is? is? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess the starving artist mentality is the mentality that we've really grown up with, that artists can't make money, (laughs) Basically, yeah. full stop. Yeah. Um yeah. and we're starving and we can't pay our rent because we're yeah. artists. Yeah. And I think some people I don't
0: know, there's always like there's almost like this
1: element to like, oh, it's cool to be a starving artist. Yeah, some reckon?
0: people like idolize it and
1: yes. Yeah, and I I don't know why that's cool. <laughs> to, <Yeah>. Um struggle. <laughs>
0: Uh, but it's almost like
1: if you're not struggling, you're not a real artist, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're not a real creative. But what we wanted to talk about, I guess, is really replace artists with the word creative because Definitely. this, you know, artist is just a term like this spans across the entire creative industry, which is really a starving artist um, or a starving creative can't get by on using their own talents alone they have to rely on other things and just have their little creative pursuits on the side because it's not going to make them money and that obviously stems from a lot of things um we can talk about how it's come up in our lives um yeah. and the things to do to to really try and get past that where's it come up for you Sam like it, is it a recent
0: thing or do you like when you think of it do you think about T childhood or yeah I think I only realized that I had taken on parts of that mentality in the last few years yeah and I wish I realized it earlier because I was still working as a creative but it was it was like a subconscious thing because I was making money as a creative and I was I could realize that it was you know viable but I definitely had that underlying that I only realised in the last few years, which definitely stems back to childhood. My family, they're not business owners to begin with, so that's another whole thing. But my mum's a teacher, my dad worked in IT, and, like, my dad had the same job for 40 years (laughs) at the same company. And that's who I looked up to. They were my role models. So, Yeah, I definitely think it was drilled in from my environment. And then just what school and society tells you. Like, for example, in year 12, I did all art subjects and they all got marked down. You know how they mark down depending what the subject is? Yeah. Why do they do that? Why do they mark down creative subjects still today in school?
1: I know. But it's funny you say like it's a subconscious thing. So yes, it's that level of awareness, right? Like, you weren't aware till a few years ago. Um, I definitely wasn't aware of it probably until my thirties because it just is, it just is right. Because that's what we have been taught, but we don't realize that we've been taught that we actually, we see it as a fact. Like it's a, no, no, no. It's it's a fact that you can't make money from Yeah, Like it's a, it's a fact. And it's like, well, hang on a second. Like, you know, they think that's, reality. But Mm. what is reality? Reality is what people have told you and what people have shown you. So if that is what your reality is, then why can't that be different? Or why can't that change? It isn't necessarily that's what it is. And back to your point about school, like I met someone recently um, who's in school now, high school now. It's been a long time since we've been in high school. But even yes. <laughs> now, they encourage the ones who want to go to university, like, they drop all their creative subjects really? so that they can choose subjects to go to university. And if you've got oh. any school kids listening no. or just come out of school, like, <laughs> definitely message us and let us know what your experience is. But, um,
0: And I'm like,
1: still, still,
0: still (laughs) happening? I can't believe that's still happening. So, okay, I will share a little story on this that I don't like to share because I feel like it's, mm, I don't want to be seen as showing off, but there's a message of it that I want to share. So I did all art subjects and they all got marked down, but I actually ended up being the ducks of my year level. And my whole speech, like my duck speech, I did a tap dance to begin with. (laughs) And then um, to, like, bring my point across that, like, arts are important. And then my whole speech was about pick the things that you love and then you would do well because I picked the subjects that I just loved even though they all got marked down and then I did well in them because I loved doing them and that was, like, the message. And oh I had God. people, like, like the science teachers and stuff that I didn't know because I never did anything like that, they came up to me and thanked me at the end of my speech because they were like, we don't want people coming to do Science in Year Twelve that don't like it that aren't good at it it's it's not helpful for anybody so they actually thanked me for that message oh my gosh that is like you were ahead of your time then like you probably <laughs> didn't even realise the wisdom
1: that you had in you for that even just annoying. saying that yeah that like, just obviously yeah. came from such a pure place
0: and that, <laughs> that is <was> so nice <laughs> <laughs> oh naive. No, it is the
1: best yeah but yeah obviously it's just stayed with you as well and but it but that isn't I guess the first thing that we're taught unfortunately and some of us are, are lucky enough to have people in our lives, maybe parents or teachers that are like that. and so they do have that influence on you from a young age where they're like, no no no, no like you can do this, just pursue this, you'll you'll be good. but yeah. but are they saying as well on the other hand, like it's one thing to say, yes, pursue it because you love it. And it comes naturally to you and you're gifted at it. But then it's another thing to say, pursue it and you can do amazing things, great things, you'll thrive, you'll, you know, like, it's like, yes, you can go do that and it will make you happy, Mm. like you'll be at peace, you'll have a joyful life. But I feel like there's still that element missing that if you just completely honour you, you can change the world. You know, like that next level, and you can excel. You can thrive. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. One thing, the good thing,
1: I feel like my parents had businesses, so they were entrepreneurs themselves. So they're always doing things in their own way, but they were very calculated about what they did. But they, I still saw them break the mold of, I guess, a nine to five. Yeah. So I I witnessed that, and that was like a that was normal in my life, which is quite funny because. I have a sister and a brother and all three of us now have our own business.
0: Wow. And my
1: parents were like, can't you just have like a good job and how much did you guys do? It? Like what do you expect? Um, yeah, so that was a good example for us. However, my dad was really creative, like amazing. He's amazing at building things and he is a really good drawer, but that was always pushed to the side. Like that was always just, oh, yeah, but so what? you know? Um, yeah. and so I did see that and, and everything that I did was always just like a hobby or, oh yeah, Cass is, you know, Cass likes painting or Cass like, you know, like that it was never embraced as something to pursue. Um, yeah, it was always like, right. you know, cause you had the career guidance counselor at school who would like, I remember going to them in year 11 or 12 and yeah, my two favorite subjects were art and sport. And It was like, okay, um, like they're they're two totally different things. Um, Neither of them are academic, but it was like, okay, we need to sit down and we need to figure out what career you can take from, you know, these two subjects. And sport was like out of the question. Sport was like, I'm not going to be like a professional athlete or anything. And art, it was like, okay, like what careers can we go down? And then that's when we started talking about interior design and things like that to try and forge uh, some sort of path that would lead to success and money and all those sorts of things to support me. But um, it was very structured. It was like, okay, you know, like it's very like, okay, what's been done before? What do we know that's gonna make good money? It wasn't sort of just coming down to your, you know, simple just talents and, you know, painting and drawing and, you know, playing with different mediums. So. Yeah, from the very beginning, we're just constantly told, well, that's not really an option. It's just so ingrained in us that artists, yeah, you're just not going to make much money as an artist. So, from there, then it's really important to control for yourself what you see out there in the world. Like, um, so from your perspective, like, what, how do you start to? unlearn that and un and, and rewire that within you to be like, no, I can make money from like say for example, like your soul readings. Like how yeah. do you then go, Oh, I can I can build a thriving business from what it just comes from me? Like yes, without effort. Yes. Yeah.
0: Like I think um there was a part of me that always inherently knew this, which I guess was just because I had proof from what happened in school. And so that was helpful that it was there. But I, when I recognised a few years ago that, no, I definitely have some conscious beliefs here that need rewiring, I went out for help specifically for this because I had done hypnotherapy before to help me with, like, issues, like I had health issues. And so this time I was like, no, I'm going to do hypnotherapy to, they. she called it, like, up-level your life Mm -hmm. so it's just your life's good but like let's make it better like let's see where there's some beliefs we can improve on here and this and basically making money from what you love and and creating wealth was something that we decided to work on and so I have always been you know interested in like Abraham Hicks and listening you know to people who can change your thoughts if you haven't heard of Abraham Hicks YouTube Abraham Hicks because she is Change fantastic. Your <laughs> Change your life, um, <laughs> and so I I was aware that your thoughts can create your reality, but I think further than that, deeper than that, if your beliefs subconsciously don't match your thoughts, you still can't quite get there. So, yeah, I did hypnotherapy to work on this specifically, and like I did a session, and then I listened to the recording every day for three weeks. And it's something that I still revisit every now and then because like things always creep creep up. Mm-hmm. I listened to it last week actually, this recording from a few years ago, and that I could see made a change yeah. immediately, and things changed. Like I would be um, in situations where it was almost like out of body, I'd be saying something and I'd be like, whoa, did I just say that? Like it was actually in the workplace. I said something that ended up getting me quite a big pay rise in the workplace. And that was just like, wow, look at how subconsciously you have changed how you think about money. And number one, and number two, changed how you think about needing a job. So at this point I was like, cool, I don't really need this job. I can create money from my business. And so I just, yeah, changed the way that I moved through life and then suddenly attracted. Yeah. um, You're, you're at a different frequency,
1: right? Like you've moved from this frequency down here of your worthiness wasn't as, as high. And then obviously by rewiring your brain really, and your thoughts, (laughs) um, yeah, you've, you've been able to increase your self-worth and then operate at a higher frequency which means then you you attract law of attraction you attract what you're putting out so then if you're operating that higher level and you're putting that out then you're going to attract that same same level and it's interesting because abraham hicks talks about your like your thoughts or a belief is a thought just that is thought over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until it's like, yeah, literally in your subconscious. And if anyone knows much about brain waves, like we can't access that subconscious. So even though we think, we might be like, oh no, starving artist. Oh no, no, no. Like, I get it, I get it, but I don't no, I don't think that. Like, but we can think that, like on a conscious level, but it's it's what's happening in our subconscious that we can't access when we are awake and conscious. So we can only access that in sleep mode, right? Or, or hypnosis, like you said. And that's where we can then go back in and change and almost like replace those old beliefs with a new belief, which is why hypnotherapy is so, so powerful. And I've, I've done... Uh, RTT before, rapid transformational therapy, which is a type of hypnotherapy as well. And there, but there's lots of modalities that you can do to try and, um, I guess, yeah, rewire those old beliefs because it's been years and years and years and years of thinking the same thing over and over and over and over again. And then what happens is that the law of attraction again, right? Like you, if you're thinking those things, even if it's subconsciously, if you're thinking those things, the universe will show you that, right? We they'll they'll it prove too- it. They'll prove <laughs> yes. it. They'll be like, oh, you think that? Okay, cool. Yeah. We're gonna prove it to you. If yes. you believe that, awesome. We're gonna prove it to you that what you are believing is true. So
0: yes.
1: if you deep down on a subconscious level believe that you can't make money as an artist or as a creative in whatever creative pursuits that you you are doing, like if you don't believe that you can make money from it, what will happen is, so you're operating at that frequency, right? You're down here at the frequency of I can't make money from what I do. And you're like, everyone else is doing it and I can't do it and you, you think it's for others. You think it's not for you. It's for others. Like that's her gift. That's his gift. That's what they're doing. Cause they're meant to be doing that or whatever your story is around that person and why they're doing it and why you can't do it. But it keeps you in this frequency of I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not going to make money from it. So you attract that. You attract the clients that default on payment. You attract the clients <laughs> that are like, Oh, can you do it for 50 bucks? Or, you know, you, if you are at that frequency, you will only ever attract people at the same frequency as you. Yeah. So that's a big reason to like up-level, like exactly like what your hypnotherapist said, like up-level yourself, your life, your own frequency to a point where you do believe that these gifts have been given to you for a reason and that you are unique and that you are the only you here on earth and there's a reason you have the gifts that you have. And once you get to a point of truly believing that and you are proud and you can stand tall and you can own your gifts, then you will only just start attracting people that value your gifts and will pay you good money for your gifts. And it just continues to rise and rise up from there.
0: Oh, absolutely! I think another big thing that helped me was the term expanders, yes. um, which comes yes. from uh, if you if you actually if you into podcasts, check out the expanded podcast mm-hmm. by Lacey Phillips. It's really great, but she talks about expanders being people in your world that you can see as examples that are doing well at whatever it is that you want to to do in your life. And so, an example for me was Cass. Even before she was my official mentor, I followed her on Instagram, for example. And so that was an example of somebody that was doing well in a creative business. Yeah. And I I think, thanks, Ben.
1: (laughs) I I think um, as well, like, you know how there's this different energy when we follow people online Yeah, and and there's that energy of like, I'm just going to say she for the sake of it, like her success pisses me off you know like it re- like i can't deal with it it makes me angry right like it like it makes me feel like i'm unworthy it makes me feel like my work is mm. like not valuable it makes me th- feel like i'm crap at what i do like there's that energy and then there's the energy of following someone and you're like wow look what she has created i i just like i love her like she i would love to have just that element of her life um you know, if she can have it, I can have it. And she's an example and she's an inspiration. There's those two different energies I've found. And it's funny because, like, for a long time, like, I would follow people in both energies but yeah, and I wouldn't yeah. protect my own energy and yes. stop following the people that annoy me. <laughs> like, it yes. might be, like, someone, like, super popular and you're, like, just following them because everyone else is or because they're trending or whatnot. But If they trigger you, I mean, A, yes, look at that trigger and why it's triggering you, but also if it's not making you feel good about yourself and your own work, like just unfollow them.
0: Yes. That's such a good tip. I think people, like, we all often forget that we have control Control. over what we're seeing (laughs) here. Like, we can control that if it doesn't make us feel good. It's that easy. Just unfollow them. And you so can. You can. Because,
1: like, how often do you see, like, the same people pop up, like, in your stories and in your feed? It'll always be, like... The same people every time and you don't get to see all the others that you might be following and so who are those main people that you're you're following and yeah you want them to be your expanders like you mentioned yes. like so people that inspire you in certain ways they might be like an amazing mom and so you aspire to have qualities like them as a mom or they might be an amazing cook and have amazing recipes that you like to follow or whatever it is it's 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 element of that person's life isn't it it's not like I want to be that person
0: yeah totally yes it's
1: like oh that's so cool that she created that in her life that's possible for me too exactly yes and I think yes just having those expanders so important makes you yeah it does it is so important and I know a lot of the students in my course like they may not have people around them as examples. And you know how you know the saying, "You're the sum of the five closest people to you." And so, yeah. when you really think about that, I feel like that can cross over to online as well as
0: that's so true in person.
1: But yes. like depending on like who you're consuming. If there's someone you're consuming every single day, then yes. that is obviously someone who's close to you in that. life. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think that they influence you so. Much and if you're surrounding yourself with people who maybe don't believe in what you're doing, don't agree with what you're doing, they're like, oh, like how's that little business going, or you know, or whatever. They just um, they don't think that you can do much with it. Um, that's just gonna bring you down all the time. time. Yeah. But if you're seeing surrounding yourself with people, even if it's just online, who are entrepreneurs and you know don't have the nine to five and are doing it differently, then you can see what's
0: possible and you need to see what's possible. Mm. Otherwise, you just slip
1: back into your own ways. And
0: Yes, and it's you so easy. Like you, you really do have to make a conscious effort to be aware of these things because you do. it's easy just to go by in, in your everyday yeah. life without even realising. So Absolutely. if you're listening, take the moment right now. Like <laughs> think about it. Think about who's in your life physically, online, and how you can help yourself in this area. It's like that um, herd mentality. So we are mammals, right? And mammals have the herd mentality. So that is just a fact, like scientifically proven, no matter what you want to fit into Mm -hmm. your herd and you will do things to try to fit into your herd. And so it's really something to think about and realize that you can remove yourself from a herd if it doesn't Um, If it isn't lifting you up or helping you and you can, you know, like I always think about find your tribe, like you can find another Mm, tribe. And mm. if you're listening right now and you're not sure how to go about that and you think maybe, maybe I actually don't have the right people around me right now listen to this podcast. This is what we're here for. We are creating a herd that you can be a part of to uplift you and up-level your life because we really care. Like we really, really care about the thriving artist, the thriving creative. We want to see you succeed because we believe in you and we know that you can. Yeah, and normalise it, like completely
1: normalise it. Like you come into this space and like just running a creative business is just normal like isn't everyone doing that you know like that yes. kind of normalizing like <laughs> yes because it's funny I feel like the longer you're in business the longer you're you are a creative entrepreneur you obviously are then in more circles with creative entrepreneurs right which is amazing and what actually happens like the longer that you're in it is it's actually rare to find someone who has a nine to five or or has a job. I'm like oh you have a job oh What's yeah. that like? I don't remember yeah. that. Like, but I feel like that's, for me, that's the aim. How little? How many little people can I know that yes. um, have a job? Like it's not until, you know, I go to school and then there's people there that, you know, they work here or work there. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. People have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but what I love about that is that when creative entrepreneurship becomes normal, then it's normal. And yes. it's normal to succeed and normal to thrive in that and and you know lift each other up and do better and strive and do all that and do it together, like like you said, as a tribe. Because in the old way, you know, when you're starting out, it's so hard because you're starting out and most likely you're the only person in your family starting a business, or you're only you're the only person in your group of friends starting a business, and they're all like, Yeah, good luck with that, you know? We'll go, like, we'll go to our secure nine to fives while you go try this on, you know. And it makes you feel just so like, oh, thanks, like, okay. And it makes you feel so alone and so isolated. You're like, oh, what if I can't do it? I need to prove myself, you know, like all these sorts of things. Yeah. So I think, yeah, surrounding yourself with people who just feel like it's normal, whether it's whatever, whether it's podcasts, whether it's courses, whether it's a group coaching or mastermind or whatever it is, like even I feel like it doesn't even matter. Like every single level you get to in entrepreneurship, you need to surround yourself with people that are doing even better than you because otherwise you just stay stagnant and there's there's no growth. So Yeah, seeking that out is really important. Investing into that is really, really important. Um, Investing into communities. One of my big things this year is I want to be in a mastermind and I want to um, host a mastermind as well. And I know that that's just going to be like such a big growth phase because I'll be surrounding myself with people who are doing even, you know, just doing such better and bigger things and it makes me aspire to do better and bigger things and so yes surrounding yourself with those people is so so important Mm -hmm. at every
0: stage at every level I love that I love that I suppose Cass you know since we're here wanting to share and be expanders do you want to share some of your financials because that's something that's always been so inspiring about your creative business really creating wealth over the years
1: Yeah, sure. Like I'm pretty open when it comes to that sort of thing because I, you know, I haven't done anything overnight and I do want to be an example of that you can, you know, you can make good money. Like I remember someone saying to me, and this is when I was working full time in my business, like, you know, Monday to Friday because I didn't have kids and um, I didn't really know any other way. It's actually funny when you leave corporate and you go to work for yourself, you put the same boundaries on yourself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hang on a second, why am I working nine to five Monday to Friday yeah. when I don't have to? Like yeah. it's really weird that you do that. And it was funny, I was talking to Indy, my designer, the other day about it and she's like, "She's like, I feel so guilty because we only work till three here. Yeah. And yeah. She, when she works from home a couple of days, she's like, I feel really guilty if I don't work till five or <laughs> something. And I'm like, why? Like the whole <laughs> reason you leave you know a corporate job or a nine-to-five job is so that you can do it your own way anyway I thought that was really funny because we like we just it's just so ingrained in us right yeah but yeah anyway so I was doing wedding stationery and I just remember I was making I don't know probably my biggest months were sort of like 15k months as a wedding stationery designer and that was just me in my business I was just myself. And yeah, I just remember, um, I didn't share my, my figures at that stage, but I just remember another graphic designer said to me, like, how do you like, I've tried wedding stationery and you just can't make money in it. There's no margin. There's no, like, I just, I remember that conversation so clearly because I was like, wow, like clearly that is your mindset. Like that is your beliefs telling you that that is a fact. Like you can't make money in wedding stationery. Like it's not much margin, like blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, okay. Like knowing that I, you know, I was quite profitable in it. And yeah, I was like, I wonder how many people think like that. Um, And then I thought, you know, like ever since then, it's been really interesting and positive that I've been able to share figures because then, um, you know, you can really see that, oh, you can make money from it. And I don't have, you put me on the spot, Sam, because I don't have my exact financials like with me at the moment. But, um, you know, that first year working part-time, I probably only made about 50 grand. And then like in the year, and then in year two, like, so what am I like, I'm year eight full-time in my business, the first year full-time in my business. I don't even remember now it might have been around the 100 grand mark and then it just continued to I've just had slow growth since then so the beauty of it though like is that every year that has gone past um so in 2000 so in 2014 I went full time in my business and in 2015 I had my first child and then in 2019 we had Isla so that was that's a four year gap but it, each year that's gone past I've being able to increase my income and work less. So that's me breaking my own beliefs because I'm of the belief that, you know, and this is just comes from my childhood and my parents and what they've shown me is that your output equals your income, I guess. Like like however many hours or, ho- or however much effort you you put into something is, is what financially you're going to get in return. And so that's been like something that has taken me a long time to rewire as well. Is that that's actually not true? I I can continue to work less and earn more. And so, um, last year I, it was about, a, and I'm talking financial years here, um, was about two hundred and thirty thousand for the year, and then this year we'll be over three hundred, and so. What's interesting is this year I plan to take every school holidays off um, so that I can be with the kids 100%. And that's a real challenge for me because now for me I'm like, okay, that's a big chunk of the year gone. (laughs) My kid goes to a private school. They have a lot of holidays. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, oh, maybe we should have (laughs) sent it public so I didn't have as many holidays that I had to but I'm like, oh, this is this is great. This is a really good challenge for me. Yes. This is a mindset challenge for me. How am I going to continue to earn more in my business, but work a lot less? Because I'm yes. taking a good few months off. Like if you added all that up,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and so, yeah, it's going to be really an interesting journey. But I'm I'm determined to break the mold and and yes. prove to myself that it can be done. Yes. Yeah. So it's just slowly increased over the years, but, um, and I've just adjusted and twisted and, you know, pivoted and all that sort of thing throughout the years. But yeah, I've been able to have, you know, two children and, and work two to three days a week and continue to increase that income. So Yeah, I hope that gives everybody a little bit of a snapshot.
0: I imagine there's so many people listening going, what? Like rewinding. Did I hear that right? Is she making (laughs) over 300 grand this year? If that is not a great example of an expander for you right now, I don't know what is. I think it's wonderful and thank you for sharing, Cass. (laughs) It's so helpful, right? It's so helpful. Um, okay, so we have a listener question for today from a graphic designer, Carly, who has asked, do you plan for the future or do you work in the present without really looking ahead? If you do look ahead, how far do you look ahead and plan for? So I think this is quite interesting just coming off the back of what you're saying, Cass, about like I suppose planning for school holidays this year. So. Mm. Yeah. How, what, yeah. Tell me what. What do you think about planning? Oh God!
1: Don't ask me about planning. Um, you don't because love it, my do answer is probably not going to be conventional. Um, yeah. Because I haven't planned. <laughs> plan for the school holidays oh my god it's just in my okay. head that yeah this, right. is, this is my thing I'm putting it out into the universe that I'm going to take school holidays off and it's going to take care of me by helping me out there done. um it's no done. but look I I say that I say that but you know obviously there are things in behind the scenes that I'm taking into account the whole time so um right now we like as we record this podcast we are heading into week four of the surface pattern design course and it will finish at Easter holidays. So, um, and then what I've done is as as all my inquiries have come through for a custom surface pattern design, I, I can't get to them until like between May, like May, June, July, like I, I can't commit to anything until sort of the next term. So I guess I have mm-hmm. to like sort of look at my year in terms like that. Like that is the way I am, I am planning for that. I am like, okay, I can't overload my plate. I have to make sure that by the time Easter holidays come that I am not overloaded with work and that um, I haven't promised anyone anything that I can wait. Um, so that's, I guess, you know, just a little bit of forecasting with that. And, and this can be like planning can be like your day-to-day planning or your weekly planning your monthly planning, yearly planning, that sort of thing. I will say upfront, I'm not a big planner. That's not and will... When we get to human design, and if you guys know human design, you'll know whether that's in your chart or not. If if you are have the tendencies to plan or or not, I'm more like a go with the flow kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but I I I. I I'm a little bit of both. So mm. I know what I have to do. So let's just talk about a day-to-day basis. Like I know, I know what I have to do for the day. Like I come to work, I know what I have to do. I am, we, we're both generators, we're list <laughs> makers. Yeah. Uh, so, so I've, you know, I use Asana, um, we use Asana in our business. And so that's where my tasks are. I know what I have to do for the day. And so I'm pretty planned out that way. I feel like if I, I don't have what's written down for the day, I, I can get a bit lost or scattered. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, what do I need to do next? Like, it's almost like I need to give myself tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I know you completely relate with. Yeah. And then, but then there's like the long term planning. So, um, when we talk about long term planning, I don't like to long term plan only because I feel like when I long term plan and I'm talking about like what I'll be doing in 12 months' time or what I'll be doing in five years' time. I don't like to answer that with certainty because I like to leave it open for magic to unfold. I don't, I've been like that before. I've done the whole, you don't need to try things on. Like I've done the whole write a letter to yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, As a New Year's thing, write a letter to yourself as if the year's already happened and what you've achieved. And I tried that, and I'm like, oh my god, how boring! Like how boring that I'm I'm living my year like I know what's gonna happen. Like this is like so boring to me. I want to like I want to be surprised all the time. Yeah. And I didn't know I would pivot from wedding stationery to surface pattern design. I didn't even know that. I like I didn't even know what the hell surface pattern design was. Like. How would I have known that and and if I had a planned my business out, my year out, it probably would have looked a lot different rather than just having a client one day go, Can you do this? And they're like, Oh gosh, that sounds exciting. Let's go down this avenue, you know. Um, I just want to leave things open for that. Um, I didn't know I would do that the course. And and you know, yeah, I thought, oh, okay, this, this is the where the universe wants me to go and and what's feeling good, so let's go down this road. So that's I guess like a bit of long-term planning. I'm not a big long-term planner, but then I do like to look at the next like six months to see what's coming up. Right. So with this course, we're in the course right now and the course is going to run twice a year because I'm responding to um, students and, and how they and what they want. So it's going to run twice a year. So I know that this course is going to run again in August and then I know that between the two courses, I know that I want to dedicate time to my online pattern library and I know that I might want to dive into a passion project for uh, my own artwork and I know that I've got an idea swirling for a different course. So those things are happening and I know that there's a time and and my um, custom clients will happen between that time as well, but I know between that time those things will happen. And as the time gets closer, I get more clarity if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like to know what I'm doing for the next, like at least few months in advance. I like to know, not to the like detail of what I'm doing every day, but I want to know what's coming up. Like we knew this, like late last year, we knew we were going to launch this podcast. Like, we knew what we wanted to bring to the world within the next few months. Yeah. Um, and that that's a must because the reason why you need to know that and not just live on a day-to-day is because you need, to keep your audience in the loop with what's coming up, like get them excited for what's coming up. You know what I mean? Um, rather than yeah. going, oh, by the way, um, yeah, Monday, yeah, podcast is launching, cool. You need to give people time to digest what's coming,
0: um, which is re- really, really important. So, yeah, that's how I work. How do you work, yeah. Sam? <laughs> I'm, uh, I've been nodding my head a lot. I didn't realise, but I am very, very similar. I day-to-day, 100% need lists, love lists, and if I start my day without a list, I am like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> and that's like, it's not good.
1: <laughs> and else generators though. I think that comes down, uh, there's so so many similarities in that. Um, It'll be interesting sure. to talk to Kate um, about human design and how, how the other um, types work so that other people yes. can relate to different ways of planning out because some people, yeah, some I'm people sure like literally different.
0: don't plan at all. And then there's yes. some people who are like,
1: but, but, Also, let's just preface that there is no right or wrong way, really. Absolutely. Really. It has to be to what works for you, yeah.
0: Yes, I agree completely. I definitely like to plan as in I know what's coming and I like to know what's coming and plan for it. But same as you, I've written a letter to myself once before in this course I did and it was so boring and it just didn't. And then I read it the year later, like they posted it to you and half the stuff didn't happen. And I was like in two minds. I was like, oh, I'm disappointed that didn't happen, so I'm not going to write a letter again. But also better things happened that aren't better in this letter. But <laughs> I didn't so, even
1: think about.
0: Like, yeah. yeah. So I would much rather just open up to let it happen as it wants to happen. So, yeah, I'm not a huge long-term planner, but I, I do have long-term goals. So yeah. I always know what I want to happen and what's coming. I just don't like to be too rigid and structured about it. Do you know
1: in human design if you are specific or non-specific? Do you know that?
0: I think I'm non-specific. Okay, that's interesting. I'm specific, which I could be wrong though. Find
1: <laughs> yes, out. I don't to. remember. <laughs>
0: um, well,
1: either way, either way. Um, so I'm I'm meant to be specific. So when okay. it comes to like say for example, we want to buy a house, you know, in a few years or whatever, as far as like manifestation is concerned, I I have to get
0: like oh I'm specific oh you're specific okay, okay manifesting okay. yes 100% I'm manifesting specific. Yes. yes okay yeah so yeah
1: so then you're the same we both have to be specific about what we want like literally down to like how many bedrooms yes um, what kind of street it's on yes
0: and that worked for car. my house that I bought I wrote I didn't know about human design then right but a few years ago I wrote down like I want it to be on a street off this particular street in this particular suburb, this land size, this many bedrooms. I need to be able to renovate it. It needs to be this price point. I got it within, I think, five grand of the price point. Like the whole list came true. Are
1: you joking?
0: Yeah. Oh so I my God. Definitely specific. Okay.
1: Yep. So, Sam can do an episode on manifestation, manifesting yes. your home. <laughs>
0: yeah totally that's
1: amazing yeah but then that's part of goal setting right is like is being clear about what you want I suppose I should I think there's difference between planning and goal setting right like I say, like what you want yes Um, because we we're pretty clear on where we want to live and what suburb and all that sort of thing but I haven't put a timeline on that.
0: Like I'm like, okay, that's
1: what we want. Yes. Put it out there. But when it happens. Let it
0: happen. Yeah. And and I think this podcast is a good example. We did like I guess plan for it in that we had an intention and we knew what was happening and it was coming. We didn't lock in or lock ourselves into dates. We had an idea but we didn't lock ourselves in. And then the way it worked out was magic. You know, like we've launched the trailer on the Leo full moon and Cass is a magical Leo and it makes perfect sense. And then the podcast launches on the 22nd of the second 22. And then if you just open yourself up yeah. to the magic, it's so much more fun. It's more it exciting. Is. It
1: is. It's so fun. And it's just like, of course, of course that was meant, you of course. know, how it was meant to play out. And I think it's just that, um, that too with goal setting and planning. It's that forcing energy versus that allowing energy. Like, you know, when you're forcing something, it could be anything. It could be a deadline with a client. It could be forcing your website to be launched. It could be any deadline that you've got in your mind and you're like, got to get that, got to go for that, got to do it then. But at the same time, so I'm very, I try to be very intuitive with that. Like if I've got a deadline with a client and I'm like, oh, I just really want to I really want to paint a few more elements. I really feel like I need to, or can you give me another day or two? Like I really, you know, yes. or, or something's launching, like you just said, like this podcast, um, we're forcing it. This doesn't feel right. I don't want it to feel like this. We don't want it to feel forced. We want it just to feel natural and okay, so let's just leave it another couple of weeks. Like I think yes. that like I, I do that a lot yes. and yeah, it's not, Conventional, I suppose, but it's you've you've got to feel into that and make sure you're doing what feels like right, right rather than um, sticking to a rigid plan. Um, if rigid plans feel good to you, then <laughs> go with that. But, oh, totally.
0: Yeah, feel good to you, then like mm. power to you. Yeah. Therefore. Anyway, that's
1: yeah. how we work.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's it for today. Thanks, guys, and we will yeah talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us on A Creative
1: Life. You can follow our creative lives on Instagram at Design, at Revelus Design, and of course, the podcast Instagram at The Creative Life Podcast.
0: If you liked today's episode and want to hear more, we would love it if you subscribe and leave a review. And if you want to be featured on the potty with your own question, shoot us an email
1: to hello at acreativelifepodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Big love.